Hello and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, and unlimited pop culture. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alyn. And on today's show, we've got, let's see, how do we describe this? The sequel that nobody wanted or asked for, A Quiet Place 2. Hmm. We've got... Netflix take on the hijacked plane scenario, and I don't know how much more I want to say about it than that, but Blood Red Sky, and it could be the best DC movie ever made, or perhaps a spiritual successor to Guardians of the Galaxy, it is The Suicide Squad. So, how you doing, Alin? I'm good. I like how you said The Suicide Squad. Yeah, we got to be careful there. We have to be very, uh, very careful. Yeah, it's a thing. And I didn't realize it was so the Suicide Squad, which premiered in theaters and on HBO Max, which I think is how the majority of people watched it. But that's my guess. Yeah, it didn't do well monetarily. So my assumption is that HBO sort of gobbled that up. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I don't know anyone. Everyone. I should say it this way. Everyone I know who has HBO Max watched it over the weekend. Right. Yeah. Same. Same. So I can think of five people who saw it this weekend. All five was not theater. So. Right. I don't think anyone's going to the theaters. I know. I mean, at least here, um, I know it's a different experience for you, but we don't really have theater chains out here in Massachusetts. It's more like mom and pop type standalone. We're all chains. Yeah. I mean, nothing but chains. The closer you get to Boston, yes. But, you know, out in central and western mass it's like one movie theater owned by a family or like a a group of individuals because um the movie theater out here just actually got a loan for almost uh seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a covid loan a covid loan oh wow so it's like no one's going there you can drive by the theater like saturday night dead so, but this was a long aside to say that I didn't realize that the Suicide Squad premiered exactly five years to the day of Suicide Squad. You know, it it feels like it hasn't been that long. Right. But 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 my sense of time right now is just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it it's so true because I was like, that was five years ago. I also yeah. think like the 1990s was like 10 years ago, yeah, so I, do too. I can't be trusted. But I just no. thought that was an interesting fact, only because when you think if we were living in an alternate reality where everyone got their vaccine and the world could go back to normal. You're speaking in nonsense right now. Yeah, it's like you're like, what? A movie in August is kind of like the doldrums of the summer. So this is you, true. You, where you dump the movies that it's you would like, assume right. that it was Drek, you know, like right. they just dumped this in the middle of August because it had to come out and they wanted to get it between the regular Fourth of July blockbusters and then the Oscar season. Right. So I that's why I was kind of like, that's a weird strategy to it put is. it out the same weekend 
I mean, we'll we'll talk about how they're drastically different movies, but I just thought that was a odd choice. I don't know who made it. Disney. No, it's not Disney. No, DC. DC. And then here's another question. I'm all in Disney's head because it just reminded me so much of Guardians of the Galaxy. The whole thing was just like, so Sebastian is Rocket, you know? Oh. <laughs> See, I was thinking more like Weasel was Rocket. Oh, my, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I could just watch a whole movie with Sebastian. Oh, me too. It. Can we make that movie? Like, I'm sort of irritated. We are way off base. But I'm I sort know, of what, irritated what, what, what back, guys? that John down. Cena gets a spinoff and not Sebastian. Like, what? what, what who, who? We're going to talk about this, but, like, I don't like John Cena. Mm, he was yeah. something that really bothered me. In the movie, I don't think he's a particularly good actor. I think he uh, played that character well, but it did kind of seem like it was John Cena playing John Cena. It, it, yeah, that's what it felt like. I mean, obviously, he's a he was a wrestler. Every wrestler wants to be The Rock, like because <laughs> The Rock is just you know. Oh, but he's so wonderful. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, oh, I want to have this great movie career and I want to be able to diversify and have everyone love me. And it's like, no, everyone loves The Rock because he's The Rock and he's adorable and he's He's so cute. And he is. And he's like, and I love that he has three girls, I think. And he's such a girl dad. Like you just see pictures of him in his massive body, like combing a little doll's hair. It's sort of like how Robert Downey Jr. is a cat person and there's all these pictures online of him cradling kittens. Yeah. The best. I love it. So, I mean, okay, so we're way off base. We'll we'll get, we'll talk about uh, the Suicide Squad later. But yeah, Yeah. that's, yeah, I just threw it all. But yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to start out today with a few corrections and these have been sort of eating at me because we haven't been able to record for a little while. But when I was um, listening to the last episode, there were a few things that I noticed. One was that we couldn't remember how um, Black Widow had reminded us of um, Winter Soldier. And what I was reaching for, what we were both reaching for was that the Red Room reminded us of the helicarrier scene. So it's those helicarriers that they brought down. Oh. And that was what it had reminded me of. But for some reason, that word wouldn't come to me until after we had finished recording. Of well, because it's not it's not. Is it a real word? No, I didn't think so. So word. that's why don't don't we shouldn't beat ourselves up for not remembering you know a nonsense that is a made good up word. Point. I am also not going to beat myself up too much about the fact that I messed up Bucky's and Sam's name a couple of times and I got them confused with each other. I didn't even realize realize it until I listened to the show because. Yeah, I mean, I I figured if you had noticed it in the moment, you would have corrected me and it would have been fine. I knew what you were talking about. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably got the same message, but I do want to bring it up just in case. I'm not like you know, totally losing my mind yet, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting there. And then the last thing that I noticed was we had said that we thought the next Marvel release that was coming out was Eternals, but it's actually not Eternals. Right. It's the, was it the seven, 10 rings? This, I thought it was seven, seven rings. rings. I don't now, know how many rings there are. You have 10 fingers, but apparently it's only seven rings. Is it the story of Tom, <laughs> is it the story of Tom Brady? The seven rings? <laughs> Oh, wouldn't that be a movie? <laughs> but no, and 
the the thing is last night the night before i saw something was interrupted some streaming service so it must have been hulu and it showed a preview for the seven rings is it shang chi i might shank i i i might I, have that wrong I this is like, a movie that i know nothing about i'm not i don't lie. know anything about it either and from i watched the trailer see i haven't but that's that's nothing new for me right it, but it was you know it looked interesting it oh, had yeah, cool action sequences it. Um, I can't tell you anything else about it, but the thing that I noticed is it said in theaters, the commercial. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. that's that's a problem, Disney. 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 And we'll talk about, you know, the whole streaming in another segment of it. But I'm hoping that they pivot back. Mm-hmm. To- I mean, they could have um, gun shyness because of one of our little threes mm-hmm. with the issue with Scarlet, but oof. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking because we'll talk about it later. I'm really pushing a lot of stuff off towards later, but now it's a lot of the money that these movies are making come from streaming services. Right. They just need to pivot their models. Mm-hmm. This is not about punishing actors and actresses. This is not about punishing people for not going to the theater. This is simply about adjusting your business model. Plain Which, and, simple. and it's something that a lot of people have been pushing for for years anyway. And it's I would all, agree. Yeah. There's no reason to like bail out theaters or any more than there's a reason to bail out other businesses just because they're failing. You know, it's. This is business. Business fails. And if you don't adapt, you become Toys R Us, you know. So I don't know. I'm I'm very much of the opinion that don't punish Scarlett, just renegotiate her contract because this is the way of the world right now. Well, yeah. and the 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 way I feel about it is Disney shouldn't have even let it get this far to the it's, point where there's a, a lawsuit being filed. Yeah, so. why can't you handle it in the moment? You exactly. Know. Just give her some more money and call Should it a day. Should we just talk about that? We'll yeah, I guess that's our, a, let's, let's redo our let's, order. Yeah, we'll talk about the, the whole Scarlett Johansson suing Disney. Because um, the, the main problem that I have is that they, like you said, they let it get to a point where they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But also that they tried to like publicly shame her. Which didn't work. Yeah, a lot of people were very put off by that. But I had a real problem with them coming out and saying, first of all, she already made $20 million. How much more did she? You know, I'm like, well, how much did you make? You're well, not and it's like how much and- how much did Robert Downey Jr. make for all of these movies? How much right. you know, it doesn't matter. It's fair is fair. And this was going to happen. This was someone was going to sue a movie distributor for releasing on streaming and not giving them the money and then saying, oh, we didn't know two years ago. Handled it before they even started releasing stuff on HBO. Mm -hmm. They went and renegotiated all kinds of stuff. I don't know if they did it well, but I know they did it. Well, you haven't heard from anybody complaining. Yeah, nobody's sued for Mortal Kombat yet or... What was it? Quiet Place 2? Was that on there at one point? Or no, it was Oh, uh, that's on Paramount, which we have other issues. Right, right. Oh, with. God, Paramount. But, um, yeah, what else did we watch on HBO? Well, The Suicide Squad, that, yeah. you know. 
And I think Dune is coming Dune's coming, coming out. right? Right. Uh, so, the Matrix, Matrix mm-hmm. movie's coming out. My assumption is they all got renegotiated because nobody has squawked. But on the Disney side, you've got first Scarlet and then now, was it Emily Blunt as well from the Jungle Cruise? Yes, yes. So it's like, well, obviously one company handled this and the other company just hid their head in the dirt and said, oh, she already made 20 million. Or the other thing that they said that I had to love, she's being so insensitive to the people who don't want to go to the theater during the pandemic. Like, okay. It's, I mean, the bottom line is when she entered into her contract, which... I mean, who knows what contract we're talking about? Is she it the- entered into it before Disney Plus even existed. Right. So Disney Plus didn't exist. Is it, did, did she sign, is this like a, a five or six or seven or eight picture deal back in 2012 when she joined the Marvel Universe? I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, but Disney, we don't even know. Yeah, Disney Plus didn't exist. You didn't stream new movies through streaming services, but guess what? The pandemic changed everything. And a lot of people, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess a lot of people subscribed to Disney Plus because Black Widow was coming out. Because, um, you know, I don't have children, but there are other movies that are being released that you would normally take your kids to the theaters to see during the summer. Right. Only on Disney Plus. You had, like, Luca. There was a few that got released. Was right. it, like, Soul? Was that the other Soul. one? Oh, uh, Mulan. 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 Yeah, there's been a fair number of them. Yeah, at least once a month they have something that you get the premier access for. And I bet a lot of people who maybe didn't want to get Disney Plus said, you know what? We need to entertain these kids somehow. They've got some good movies coming out. Let's just do it. So it's something... <laughs> Okay, my dogs are very upset with Disney's streaming strategies. As but well, they should they be. They should be. But, I mean, that's what I mean. They can't be like, whoa, we didn't mean. We meant only theaters. Well, we're, yeah. reading it, we're reading it as it is written. I've seen, like, some weird legalese going back and forth where Disney has said that she was promised a theatrical release and got it. But then Scarlett's retort is that wording existed before streaming services existed. Right. Before Disney Plus really existed, before any of this was happening. So you can't tell me that I got what I was expecting to get because the entire landscape has changed. So I don't know. I just feel like. If you gave her money from the streaming service profit, she'd probably be fine. But my suspicion is they're trying to say, you got enough. We're not going to give you a cut from the streaming profit. And they're probably trying to argue, well, you know, who's to say who signed up for Disney Plus just to see your movie or who signed up for Disney Plus to see your movie plus other things. So we can't give you a cut from somebody who signed up to see both you and Loki. Do you know what I mean? Like they're probably trying to like do some mental gymnastics around it when really the correct answer is just give her the money. (laughs) Just give her some money. No, it's so true. And like 
all of the machinery, I guess, in Hollywood is supporting her, like the Screen Actors Guild. This Even Maiji came out and was yeah. like, what are you doing? And it fe- I'm going to tell you, it feels a little icky to me. And it's only because Scarlett Johansson has no leverage. Her character's dead. She's right. gotten her prequel. It's Dis- not like she can say, well, I'm not going to be in your next movie. Right. Disney's done with her. So they're like, whatever, sue us. And it's like, really? She brought in all that money for you. She, you know, put her, I'm sure she put her body through, you know, hell to train for those movies. And now they're done with her. Right. So that's like the other side of it. That feels gross. It does. It's just like, give her what she deserves. Because you know that if it was Chris Hemsworth saying it, if it, you know, if Robert Downey Jr. was ever going to come back, they would give those guys anything they wanted. Yeah. But for her, they're like, mm. yeah. So I just, that's what I have a problem with. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see where it goes. I mean, something like this might not wrap up for years. So. Right. You know, if they if they just renegotiate and come to a deal, then, yeah, we could see something happen fairly quickly. Or if it goes through the court system, then nothing that goes through the court system happens quickly. So. No, no. I Everything that I've seen is it's probably going to be like an out of court settlement. But who's right. gonna, who's going to flinch? Like, what's the number? You yeah, know, that, you, that you would like. I mean. I know Disney's being like, well, that's not very sensitive of you with the pandemic. And it's like, no, 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 no. Just give her. Give and how her sensitive were you guys when you laid off 12,000 Disney World employees? You know? Oh, yeah. So, I'm pretty I mean, sure they, yeah. Let's not talk about sensitivity here. <laughs> no, no kidding. I don't think anyone who's ever worked at any Disney park has anything nice to say about it. Not that I've heard. I mean, Mm-mm. Maybe one person, but that was sort of a rare case. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so give well, give Scarlett what she wants, and she'll yep. go away. Yep, yep. I think that's how it should be. So uh, moving on to our second little three, um, you're going to talk about something that is well, also kind of weird. Another which, appalling situation. Yes, and and also involving a a very woman, a famous woman who should be revered. Um, the Whitney Houston hologram. Can you please explain oh. what is going on with this? So this is another instance of just because we can, does that mean we should? Often not, as Jurassic right. Park has taught us. Right. And there has been some use of, of holograms. Um, I know. And most of the time when people use holograms in any capacity, it makes other people upset. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of that now. Like, the wasn't there a Michael Jackson incident as yes, well? Like, has this ever gone right? Or has it just no. been different levels of wrong? Michael Jackson, uh, someone, I don't know who did it, did a Prince oh, hologram. Right. Right. And now someone thought it would be a great idea to create a Whitney Houston hologram and have her perform in Las Vegas. Um, so this, this Whitney... Ghost hologram will be performing. She has a residency in in are Vegas. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So like, are we gonna get to the point where you don't even have to be alive to like perform in Vegas? Like the actual living artists are gonna get pushed out, and instead it's just gonna be 
Elvis. I mean, that's the. Did you see the Miley Cyrus episode of Black Mirror? No. That is exactly the premise of it. She's this. She's this pop star. It's kind of Britney Spears esque. So she's this pop star, and her family is taking advantage of her, and she ends up falling into a coma. But they take her likeness and have her perform as a hologram so the family can still make money. Wow, that's that's, that's great. So now you have to watch it. Yeah, okay. What? Black, see, I can only do so much Black Mirror because yeah. it is so dark but so realistically dark that's, that it yeah. makes me like 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 I get like PTSD. Like I get so, really horrified. Like, like I can I have to leave. <laughs> it's 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 an unsettling episode, but that's that's precisely what's happening. And I guess it premiered the Whitney Houston ghost hologram, which is what I'm calling it. Yeah. It it had it premiered in the UK in 2020, which okay, but there's going to be they're gonna have like a live band playing along with the hologram and that's dancers. So weird. That's, yes. Oh. And they're just going to have Whitney there. And so you're telling me there's no living artists that could come and like perform and make actual money for their livelihoods. Yeah. I I, mean, and then on the other hand, I don't know who's in charge of Whitney's estate. Right. Somebody had to approve this. Right. Who is making the decision to allow her likeness to be used, her music to be used and who's like saying this is a good idea somebody who wants money would be yeah. my guess yeah and i'm just thinking because i was trying to like go down the line i'm like is her mother still alive her mother still might be alive because tragically we know her daughter is not in charge of the estate um, right and she had divorced bobby brown but way before all this happened so i'm thinking it's her mother but this is just there are some legends that should be allowed to rest in peace yeah and whitney houston's one of those like i want to remember the whitney houston like cute videos and you know the whitney houston and the bodyguard mm-hmm. so it's like that's how she should be remembered and i just th- this is supposed to run now the hologram tour is supposed to run until like i think april 2022 have you heard any feedback on like people's thoughts on this i mean are, are are we the only ones over here who are sort of grossed out by this or are no. there people who are like no i'm not seeing this you know yeah there are people who are just like can't they allow her to rest in peace you know all of the celebrity basically killed her and now here they are here's her family saying we need more money and yeah i mean it's just mm. And it's creepy. I watched because they have like a like a trailer almost for what you mm-hmm. can expect. And it's no. So if for any reason you happen to be in Las Vegas and they're giving away these tickets, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, yeah. No. Let's go listen to, you know, some Whitney Houston albums. Yeah. And look up How Will I Know, you know, mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I also know all of the words to the greatest love of all. And that's because when I was in kindergarten, that was our kindergarten song. So I still remember it. 
Oh, weird. You know, it seems like a strange choice for kindergartners. I think it was because it starts off like, you know, I believe the children are our future. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes more so, sense. Because yeah, normally so, I'm thinking you'd want something upbeat and lively, you know. Yeah. Like, we're only saying the first verse. Okay. But it's still in there. And then it starts talking about, like, you know, there's there's other things that are going on in the song. But if you look at, if you look and listen to Whitney, she's one of the rare artists who she always did ballads. She did pop. She never swore. I'm like, I feel like I'm 90. She never swore in any of her music. She didn't need to, like, do, she didn't need to change her style. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I, it's probably because I'm the same age as you, but I understand now that there there's a certain talent to be able to get across uh, a message without swearing mm-hmm. and to be able to I don't know it just feels like now lately that that some people's entire personality or style revolves around you know the use of their divisive right. language or something you right know? and it's like how much controversy can they you know create right. with, right, with right. either you know either a video or a song or just something or how they dress or right. how they and with yeah. with Whitney and you know I think even we've talked about her before Tina Turner these are people who had talent and they didn't need all of that you could put Whitney in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and she would absolutely blow you away with her She'd voice. She'd still be talented, right? Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just sad. It's sad. It reminds me of when I took my husband to see Sarah Brightman, and I and I was like, well, I'm taking you to the opera, basically, mm-hmm. and I don't know what you're going to think, but we're going to the opera. And then he came out of that, and he was like, I've never heard talent like that, ever. Right. Ever. You know, and it's just, when you when you actually hear someone who is just absolutely mind-blowingly talented it's just a totally different experience mm-hmm. but i you, think that some of the youths today kind of see it when they go to broadway like you can get some super talented people on broadway doing hamilton or whatever it may be and then you get that a little bit of that experience right and i think you know there's a lot of like kids out there and they listen you know they go through their phases and I feel like I went through these phases where you kind of look at your parents albums and what they have so you know you go through the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Supremes like you're looking at all the stuff that your parents had and now it's their parents and their grandparents and you there are some kids who know a lot about music and can appreciate good music and then you know then there's others where it's like what what is this who is this why are they singing yeah should I know them? Is this entire song auto-tuned? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, to bring it back, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think this is a fantastic use of Vegas's time or efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just boycott. And boycott. then also feel bad for the people who are like, thought they were going to get a residency and they're like oh we're going to give it to the whitney houston hologram instead but thanks yeah, for that trying really out stinks right yeah. <laughs> yeah i would agree that that bo- that was like the first thing i said that sort of bothers me you know you can't give it to some living artist who could i don't know could also employ backup dancers in a band and you know roadies and whatever you want to call them stage crews yeah it's a very very strange choice. i mean is this is this 
part of the reason this is happening is because if they had a real living artist, they would have to pay him or her more. more. That's true. They'd have to pay for them to be out there. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, I forget the amount. I know, like, Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, they had ridiculous amounts of money thrown right. at them to do to do residencies. Like, I'm talking, like, over $100 million for the, each, I think. I'm willing to bet they're not paying Whitney Houston's estate $100 million. Exactly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they're paying the estate $10 million, it's the still family is still making ten million dollars for doing nothing, and mm-hmm. Vegas is getting ninety percent off or whatever. Hmm. Not cool. Not cool. All right. Well, let's move into maybe some more positive stuff. Yes. All right. So um, I know it happened a little while back. It happened towards like the end of July, but um, I did want to do a quick Comic Con wrap up. Normally, Comic Con is a massive event where hundreds of thousands of people amass on LA and watch trailers and meet celebrities and buy comics and dress up like people and just generally be it's a destination yeah hundreds of thousands of nerds all in one place being nerdy and it's wonderful um we can't really have hundreds of thousands of people amassing on LA right now for obvious reasons so um comic-con went entirely online and um, it, it allowed you to kind of, you know, experience it in a way that you couldn't because most of the Comic-Con stuff you would have to be there to experience. So now everybody could experience it. But at the same time, the sort of event um, feeling of it is also kind of, you know, gone. So I just want to do a quick wrap up of some of the things that did get released at Comic-Con for better or for worse. Um, let's start with for worse. Uh, (laughs) I watched a trailer called Army of Thieves. Have you heard of this, Alin? Only because you shared it with me. Oh, man. I wish I didn't. I wish I could erase it and free up some storage space in my brain. This is the weirdest thing because, okay, let me just set this up for you. So we all, unfortunately, watched Army of the Dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a character in Army of the Dead named Dieter, who was the sort of quirky safecracker. And um, this movie, Army of Thieves, is a movie about Dieter before Army of the Dead, when he was just a normal safecracker doing heists without zombies involved. Which no one was asking for any of that. No. And the really weird thing is like, I assume this is Zack Snyder's decision, but the really weird thing is that this is determined to be tied into the of the dead universe. And what you see is that there's like news reports that go on in the background of the trailer that talk about the outbreak in America. This is not, you know what I mean? So like the zombie outbreak has started in America in Vegas, but he's not in America for this. Um, so it's, it's just such a weird thing. It's like, make a zombie movie or make a heist movie. Did you have to make a heist movie about a character from a zombie movie and make vague allusions towards said zombie movie because you're trying to create the of the dead cinematic universe? And here's the other thing. I enjoyed Dieter as a character. I did. I I don't know if I need another two hours of just him. No. 
No. I think okay. that was part of his appeal was his quirkiness because how do you make a movie about, you know, cracking safes interesting? I mean, I'm all down for a heist movie, but did it need to have this extra flavor to it? Or is it going to be a distraction? Like, all I keep thinking is, like, Zack Snyder got so distracted in Army of the Dead, right? Distracted by any number of things, be it zombie tigers or father-daughter relationships or missing women or zombie baby abortions. Like, there was a lot of distractions in that movie. Yes. And this seems to me like, it again, are, are we going to have the same discussion if we eventually watch this and be like, you know, it could have been a great heist movie, but here's the 90 distractions that made it a mess. You know what I mean? So, well, and I mean, I don't think any of us watched Army of the Dead and thought to ourselves, I wonder what Dieter was doing before the the, the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. You know, like, did, did we really, like... You know, wondering. Somebody huh. did. Someone said, you know, it would be cool. And then yeah. someone said, yeah, that's an awesome idea. And here we are. Like, how does that get greenlit? Like, that's what I mean. I like, yeah. Anyway, so that's coming. Thank you, Comic Con. Let me run through some of the other things that got released um, during Comic Con. They're mostly all trailers and renewals and things like that. But you've got um, a Day of the Dead uh, series. That's coming to sci-fi. Oh. Um, you also have a um, Chucky series. Again with him. Yeah. I'm not sure about how, how that's going to go. Um, but there's also like a Dexter revival. They dropped Whoa. a trailer for that. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. my gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Doctor Who season 13. If any of you have been in on that for the last million years. Um, Lucifer season six teaser, which I will refuse to watch, um, walking dead season 11, and then also fear the walking dead season seven, which I had no idea fear the walking dead had gone on for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, there's an animated blade runner series, uh, that's coming and is that everything? Oh, last but not least. There was a trailer for a Mexican zombie movie, which was called Soldiers or Zombies. I watched this trailer. It looked better than Army of the Dead, but only slightly. Oh. So, yeah, here those are some of the things that were sort of announced and released at Comic-Con. Nothing mind-blowing, so, you know, we don't have to go crazy over it. But I did want to at least mention them all in case anybody heard anything and they were like, oh, I want to go see that trailer. Well, now you can. Those are all released right now. Go check it out. Yes. Anything catch your ear or not really? No, not really. I mean, I guess it's more or less just feeling sad that Comic-Con may never be a thing again. Yeah. And um, you're not the first one to express that, too, you know. And and that, that kind of sentiment comes up a lot. Like, will blank ever be a thing again? And, I mean, the problem is, is, like, a lot of this stuff, People are trying to make it a thing again, but that's also got a lot a lot of issues to it. You know, like, there, what was it, like Lollapalooza or something happened? Yes. And it was like the photographs made me feel ill, you know, um, of all those people just scrunched together in a giant mob of people with no masks. And I just, like, I felt frightened um, by that. And, you know, on the one hand, it's cool that a massive outdoor concert could happen 
because those are things that we haven't had in a very long time. Mm -hmm. But was it done at the right time in the right way at the right moment? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. But, well, I mean, that, and that's the whole thing where it's I think and this is going back to like Black Widow. I thought to myself when Black Widow was released, oh, Disney must be kicking itself for for allowing this to be streamed because things are getting better and people can go to the movies. Mm. Fast forward to now and it's like things are getting worse. People mm. are not going to go to the movies. What's going to be offered for streaming? Right. And I think right. there's a lot of things that are right now are being canceled or are kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, and I think going back to Comic-Con, the thing that I always loved that came out of it was seeing your ce- like the celebrities together to promote something. Yeah, the big panels. Yeah, the big and then there was always like a surprise reunion right. of of a cast and it was just, you know, they would show footage of it and it's like, "Oh, that's so cool. I wish I was there." Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing that makes me sad. It's just like, you know, I was in um San Diego. I've been there many times, but always like off season when comic-con is not there and i mean it's a huge huge building that comic-con's in oh yeah the convention center yeah the convention Mm -hmm. center and i'm just like wow it would be so cool to come here one day and see this and i'm like one day i'm gonna do it and now it's like i don't know if i'm ever gonna do that if i'm ever gonna want to be in a big crowd like that and have wall-to-wall people um i mean at least not and then the thing is, like, say you go and do it, are you going to be able to enjoy it? Or mm-hmm. are you going to be just stressing, you know, the whole time? If somebody next to you starts coughing, are you going to just, you know, lose it? I mean, I kind of feel that way about movie theaters. Like, if, you know, Shang-Chi goes exclusively to theaters, I'm going to want to see it. And maybe I can get myself in there with a bunch of masks on. And like a spacesuit or something. Yeah. And then you like come home and you shower right away. And yeah. Just... And then, then I'm thinking, but is it worth it to do that if I'm not going to enjoy it? Like, am I going to be stressing out the whole time? I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, the, I there are just like certain movie theaters that I'm like, well, maybe I'll go. I would go there because they seem to clean a lot more and mm-hmm. I can pick my seats if I sit there. And if I go to like this random one, maybe there won't be a lot of people like there's too much strategizing. Yeah, you can't just get in the car and like go to the movies anymore. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's that's the saddest thing, right? That's that's the sad thing. It is. And it's like I I talked to my brother-in-law a lot about it because, you know, like yesterday was uh, was Sunday and we would normally go to the movies on Sunday together, whether it was to see something we both wanted to or if I was making him see something and he would make me see something, it was like, that was our thing. We would just go to the movies and have a good time. And now it's like, okay, well, enjoy your Sunday. Have a good one. Hey, he has a baby now. He's not going in. Yeah, he's not enjoying anything. <laughs> he's not, you know, he's lucky if he can get through like an episode of a television show without falling asleep. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. 
Um, okay, well, let's move on to our big three so we can talk about some actual movies here. We've got some interesting ones. It's our summertime extravaganza. <laughs> we have such a, a horror theme going on recently. It was like last time we did horror, right? And now we've got more horror. It's like, why is there so much horror being released in the summer? <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. But all right, let's start with The Quiet Place 2. Now, um, with The Quiet Place 2... Which finally hit Paramount Plus. That's why we're reviewing it, because we refused to go to the movies to see it. This is true. It hit Paramount Plus. And we were able to watch it. This was the only thing I was successfully able to watch on Paramount Plus. (laughs) But we'll get there. We'll get Um, there. But that's why it's like, I know it came out at the end of May. Yeah. But it didn't hit the streaming service till July-ish. So here we are, people. Yep. Yeah, this one's... We're a little bit behind, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, But... My, I gotta tell you, Lynn, I didn't like this movie. And my main issue with this movie is that the entire plot of the movie, in my mind, revolved around them making a decision in the beginning that didn't make sense. And I have a big issue with that kind of thing when it happens. When, like, a bunch of people who sh- you you are supposed to be rooting for and that you feel are intelligent people collectively decide to do something stupid because plot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so basically without, you know, I mean, I'm not really giving anything away here because it literally happens in the first five minutes. But the movie picks up, I mean, immediately after the end of the first one. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of, you know, stuff has gone down in the homestead where the family lived. And um, there is basically a barn that's on fire and there's the basement that's sort of flooding and I don't really know why I'm not sure where this water's coming from I know I forget um, I think it's the battle with the creatures yes, might have unleashed I know it's like I I wasn't intrigued enough to go back and watch <laughs> the last one but I was like all right fine it's flooding yeah. so yeah so the the they basically you're right at the end of the first one there was a battle at the end where John Krasinski's character basically sacrificed himself and then the the aftermath of that battle was that part of their homestead was on fire. I think it was like a barn. And then mm-hmm. part of it was flooding, which looked like a basement. And because part of it was on fire and part of it was flooding, and I don't know, maybe there was an emotional part to this decision as well with, you know, the father having passed, the all, whole family just decides to abandon the house and with, walk into the unknown. With literally a newborn baby and no supplies right nothing like the clothes on their back and a jar of peanut butter like seriously oh and half an oxygen tank but (sighs) like this to me was so stupid like okay i said to like five minutes into the movie i had to pause it and look at my husband and be like why are they leaving the house they literally walked by 60 canned jars of strawberry on their way out the door Mm mm-hmm but because part of the barn is burning and there's some flooding, they're going to abandon literally everything else that they have collected here. And I mean, they had crops growing in the field. They had set up those sand paths yes. that went all over the place so that they could walk softly all over the place. On the How long does it take to set up something like that? You, nope. Sorry. Part of the house is on fire and there's some flooding. It's a total loss. We're out. And I couldn't abide by that decision. And it literally ruined the whole movie for me. (laughs) And here, here is like the problem with the sequel is maybe if they had mentioned it in the first movie, 
Like, if anything happens to me, get out of here. But this movie wasn't supposed to have a sequel. Right, right. The, the so beauty now, of The Quiet Place was that it was so unexpected yes. and so well done. Well, Hollywood can't just have that. It has to milk it and make it, you know, a franchise. So now, now. somebody has to come along and say, well, what are we going to make this sequel about? It would be boring if this sequel is about the logical thing, which would be putting rebuilding. out the fire and yeah. rebuilding. So instead, we're going to make this family do the stupidest thing possible, which is leave their home and all of their food and supplies behind and go who knows where, you know. And they they tried to tell us that there was some like fire, like some signal fire that somebody else would light and they would light the signal fire. And it was like this little signal but that mm-hmm. signal fire was just a signal fire. It wasn't like, you know, a smoke message that said, hey, come here if things ever get bad. You know, it wasn't that. It was just a fire in the middle of nowhere. It could have been it could have been a group of crazy cannibals that set that fire up every night. You don't know. But they're like, we're going to go there. And then literally five minutes after that decision gets made, the son gets caught in a bear trap justifying everything I had just said five minutes before. Because after he gets caught in the bear trap, I'm like, shouldn't have left the house. No. Should have just stayed home. Right? I, like, you just justified the, my whole problem with the movie. <laughs> and the bear trap, I think, because John Krasinski came back and directed this, even though his character was dead. Now, the first 15 minutes of the movie where it shows how the creatures descended, great, great part of the movie actually i would agree with you there and if they had actually made the movie a prequel i hate to say this it might have been better it would normally i really don't like prequels but this one actually might have worked i was like on the edge of my seat and then they bring it back to the current time and i feel like the writer or john krasinski was like what's worse than stepping on a nail i know a bear trap yeah and they just like kept ratcheting it up and it's like, of course he's going to scream. I don't know how his foot was okay. They just wrapped it. Yeah. No, that was ridiculous. And 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 literally, the ridiculousness just keeps going from there, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they had this way now to fight the monsters involving some mystical hearing aid trick. And the whole point now becomes, well... We have nowhere to go, so we're going to actually wire this hearing aid into the radio tower so that anybody with a radio could tune into the hearing aid sound and fight the monsters. Which, and and another problem that I had with that is the the thing that I liked about the first one, because I'm going to keep comparing it back and forth, was the daughter, uh, Reagan, she's the, the actress who plays her is deaf in real life. And I like the usage of sign language. Yeah, me too. In it to communicate. But in my opinion, if you are someone who has limited hearing or any type of hearing loss or is deaf, you are not going to go out on your own to try to go find a radio station to play this. It just doesn't make logical sense that you're going to take off by yourself. Yeah, because the young deaf girl probably knows a lot about radio towers. Right. It's like you can't you need a set of ears out there. And so she ends up taking Cillian Murphy with her, which generally speaking, I love Cillian Murphy. 
I love Miss Cillian Murphy, but mm-hmm. in this movie, your first, your first, the first time you meet Cillian Murphy, he's literally watching the family go into the bear trap and does nothing. Like he obviously well, knows it's there. Well, it's and the other thing, trap. and the other thing is he recognizes them because he knows them from the world before. Right, and still lets them walk into a bear right, trap. Right, exactly. And then he's not gonna help them. It's like, wait, what? And they try to make it so weird with him. I never understood that. Like, is he on a redemption arc or not? Because at the end of the movie, the son finds his wife, like, who he couldn't bury her body, right? She had been preserved. And I'm like, what is this, like, Rose for Emily thing that's going on right now? Like, that was a a Faulkner reference. Sorry, that was the English teacher in me. Like, uh, I know. That one was all my students who are listening are like, we got that joke. I was going to (laughs) say, look at, we're smart, too. Yeah. (laughs) We're funny and we're smart. I'm like, what is the message you're trying to use with this this body? Because are you trying to tell me, oh, no, he's a horrible person. He he his wife's body is here rotting. Or are you trying to tell me, oh, no, he's just a messed up person. He couldn't bear to bury his wife. So he kept her close and couldn't bear to bury her. Like, like what what is the message with that? It felt completely unresolved and out of nowhere. And I didn't understand that at all either. It was so weird. And. I felt like it was it was like five different movies in one. It really was. So I think it could have been. Here's the thing. It could have been interesting if they chose to focus on, you know, these villages. You you get introduced to a village that has survived and almost thrived. Because they're surrounded by water. And apparently these gangly long arm creatures have a problem swimming. So So, islands are usually the answer. To most yeah, things. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, Islands are great. Yeah. Um. Even in zombie movies, they're always trying to get on a boat to go to an island. This is true. This is true. But and then you also get the glimpse of the people who haven't adapted well to this new world, and it's that was so weird too, right? Because it was kind of like, who are we going to focus on? So it's almost like they're on their own adventure. They're on. A post-apocalyptic like the road trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to save humanity and then you've got Emily Blunt who she's just really hanging out for this movie um yeah she, she goes really off did... on her own for a little while to like like she goes off on the great oxygen tank journey right and like her whole arc in this movie is oxygen tanks like that's her entire character And knowing what you know about the family from the first one, it's like, would you really just have half an oxygen tank? I feel like this would have been all set up. You know, Alin, they probably had a bunch more oxygen tanks in the house that they (laughs) randomly abandoned. I mean, I mean, I guess that's. Quiet Place is the superior film. Oh, by all means. By all, by all, by every means possible. That being said, you know, Quiet Place Two. I've seen worse movies. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed because I guess I, I was going to see The Quiet Place. I remember this like when it first came out, and I was like, oh, I'll kind of wait, see what happens. And it started to get amazing reviews, and I was like, I need to see this now. Mm-hmm. 
And when they announced the sequel, I was like, oh. And I started to read reviews and it was like, oh, you know, this this is this is good. And I'm like, is it though? When I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. It's it's got a lot of weird lack of cohesion. A lot of stuff doesn't get resolved. A lot of stuff feels dropped in for the point of plot. It's got it's got some major issues. It's got some fun stuff to it. It's got a couple of good jump scares. Um, and then the other thing is it doesn't really have an ending. Like, I right. felt like, as weird as it sounds, like I needed five more minutes of just, so this movie ended with literally everyone in a different place. Can we just have, like, five minutes of the family, like, coming together somewhere? Because you don't even get that resolution to make you feel better about what happened. You know, you get nothing. It just stops. And that is because I have read that there's going to be a third one. Oh, come on. Yeah. I literally just rolled my eyes at the empty room that I am in right they now. They are going to... John Krasinski, I believe, will be involved. I'm not sure if he's going to be... I don't trust ...directing him or writing or whatever he's going to be doing. He but, won me over on the first one, and then he... The opposite of won me over on the second one, so... Right. You need to I win me back over. <laughs> I need to do another, like, Jack Ryan... That's what happened. Like he did Quiet Place and Jack Ryan. It was like, whoa, love you, John Krasinski. And now it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about you. Yep. But uh, I have to watch another one of those. Alone. I I know. And that's the problem is you get in so deep that it's like, okay, it's part of a trilogy. But for me, not that anyone's asking, but what I would have done with the movie is I would have had them stay there, start to rebuild, and then you have Killian Murphy come to them or any so- someone else come to them, basically. Right. You could have had people coming to their homestead, for sure. And it's like, what's what's worse? The creatures or the humans that are left behind? Yeah, because that's very 28 Days Later. And, mm-hmm. th- and that was a great movie, so... That's my mm. pitch. No one asked. Mm. And they don't listen to us, you know? Mm-mm. Mm. Well, that being said, so I are think, we going two thumbs down here? I think it. Hold on, I was. Uh, this is an English joke. Are you ready? So oh, it should oh. have been called the quieter place, and then the third one can be called the quietest place. Ooh, correlatives. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Yes. Mm. Although this was significantly less quiet of a movie. <laughs> And I think that was the the other thing that was fun. It's like, well, we know the creatures now. We know what you have to do to stay away from them. Yeah. How and do you ratchet it up? And they just tried to ratchet it up with a lot of little things that didn't really mesh together very well. Right. Well, moving on to more horror. Yes. I'm going to go thumbs down on A Quiet Place, too. I had a big problem with it. Are you like thumbs midway? I'm or? like thumbs midway. Like, yeah. it wasn't the worst thing. I've watched, I mean, I signed up for Paramount Plus for it, uh, to watch it. I have regrets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) mistakes were made, mistakes were made, but you know, it's not the worst thing I've watched this summer if we're putting it out there. 
Oh, now I'm going to scroll back through the the pod now. It was the worst thing you watched. Army <laughs> of the Dead. According, probably yes. Army mm-hmm. of the Dead was probably. I mean, and I guess a quiet play, the quiet place too. Uh, John Krasinski knows how to edit because it was like a lean hour and a half. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. So anytime that I you can watch a movie in an hour and a half, that's actually like a, a good positive. Yeah. Yeah. Good positive. So. All right. Fair enough. So um, let's move on to Blood Red Sky. Uh, should we be a bit cautious about this one? How much do we want to say? I think we can talk about I think we have to talk about the spoilers only because every review I've seen of it talks about the spoilers. OK, so nobody is really treading on eggshells here about this. I mean, right. Because my first thought would be the most enjoyment you're going to get from this movie is if you have no idea what you're going into. And that's what I I wrote to you. I said, I have no idea what this movie's about. <laughs> like, as you said, should we watch Blood Red Sky? And I looked it up and like the description was like a mysterious woman, an, a, mysteri- a woman with a mysterious illness boards a plane bound for the United States that is hijacked by terrorists. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you read that description and you're like, Oh, this sounds like a trope. And the movie is really not a trope. It's um it actually does some kind of clever stuff. So you know what? I will say, I'll say this right now. If you're if you are intrigued at all about the hijacked plane movie with a twist and you don't want to know what that twist is, stop now and go watch it. And then you can use the timestamps to get back here or to jump ahead to the Suicide Squad. So if you don't want to know the spoiler, go ahead and leave now or forever be in pieces. Because we're going to talk about it. But it is a better movie if you do not have any idea what you're getting into. That's true. It's And it's even when I went to click on it to, to watch it because it is streaming on Netflix. Uh, it was in the top 10. And... The poster for the movie, I was like, that's weird. Because I had no idea what the movie was about. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it was... What kind of illness does this woman have? Oh, no, because it is. It's just like a, a skull, like a, almost like a person's face, and it's all distorted, and there's red, there's blood, blood red sky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't know what was going on, and I'm just like, okay. So the main thing that I appreciated about this movie, and now we're going to get into the stuff, the yes, meats. It, so if you stop, we gave, this is your second and final warning. Exactly. Um, but uh, the main thing that I appreciate about this movie is that I feel like it went out of its way to poke fun at tropiness. And not just with the fact that the vampire can we go can we say it the vampire yeah the surprising like the vampire (laughs) like you're rooting for the vampire on the plane like you're actively rooting for the vampire on the plane and that was so interesting to me is this the best movie ever made no but can i appreciate that they were like let's hijack a plane and put a vampire on there let's just do that i mean i'm I'm imagining that they pitched it because yes i watched snakes on a plane because it, they should have just said vampires on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think they wanted to be their own thing and not like be associated with it. But still, I mean, it is basically vampires on a plane. And um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was 
the the hijacking of the plane, you get very limited information as to oh, yeah. why the plane is being hijacked. And I haven't really done a lot of reading on this, but my theories were that it was either to cause um, some kind of political instability or it was financially related. Like they were trying to cause a market crash and there were some people who had paid them to do it who were going to short the stocks or short some stocks that they knew were going to crash when this event happened. So it was something where these terrorists had been hired to hijack this plane for a reason that they had been paid for. Like these weren't actual terrorists in a right. way that they they weren't like you know, politically motivated or religious motivated, they were hired to do this for somebody else who was trying to manipulate something. And the the movie kind of says it might have been the stock market, it might have been an election, like you aren't really sure what their ultimate motivation was. Maybe somebody has figured it out on the internet and you can read it. But th that's the basic premise. But the way that they do that is they basically find all the Mid Middle Eastern people on the plane yes. and like set them up as terrorist fall guys, essentially. And 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 all and like the one of the Middle Eastern men whose name was Farid, I believe, mm -hmm. ends up being like the ultimate bad A hero of this movie. <laughs> like he's no. He's awesome and he's so amazing. And it was just a total three, like 180. Sorry, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it was a total 180 of like your standard, we're a terrorist from the Middle East on this plane. Like the Middle Eastern guy was awesome. He was and awesome. <laughs> so to, to start the movie, you see Farid in the middle of, on the tarmac. They think it's a terrorist situation. You see that his arm is broken. And he's saying, like, I'm not a terrorist. I didn't his hijack the plane. half gone. Yeah, it's like, well, at the time, you know, I'm like, oh, his arm's broken. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what's going on? So the, the entire movie, I'd say like 90% of the movie is a is a flashback. And yeah. then finally you you catch up to what's going on. And it uh, it unfolds in real time. And there's that, this urgency. Because but what's cool is there's a flashback in the flashback, too. Yes, which was and an unexpected flashback. And that's when the movie just really changed for me. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a little bit slow up until that point. Right. But then once it gets going, it doesn't stop. It's just craziness for the next hour. And it's just um, watching it, because I think in the first 20 minutes, the mom dies. Like, they're on the plane. They're telling The terrorists are telling everyone to shut up. The little kid gets out of his seat because he's going to go hide in the bottom of the plane. The mom gets up to chase him and she's shot. And you're like, oh, no, the yeah. mom's dead. Yeah. No. And then she gets <laughs> back up. The mom's a vampire. Yeah. And she looks and like then the kid knows it. That oh, yeah, he's been helping it. her. Yeah, he's been helping her. And he's like, oh, mom, you shouldn't suck these people's blood. Like, like totally knows everything that's going on. And, like, at one point, like, Fareed, who's a doctor, thinks that she, the mom has, like, leukemia. And the kid's like, <laughs> I never said she had leukemia. Like, he's so, like, oh, it's great. Because I, it is. It's, like, strange. And when you go back and you put the pieces together, because the kid shows up to the airport by himself. He checks them in. Right, like, because she, it's daylight. Right. And she she couldn't keeps, be there. Yeah. 
And then you you're wondering what's wrong with her when she goes into the bathroom prior to the plane taking off and she's injecting herself. And you're like, oh, is she an addict? Like, what's what's going on here? Right. Um, we were trying to figure out what we, she was injecting herself with. Like, is she injecting herself with like some kind of plasma or something that's meant to calm the urges? Like, what was she actually injecting herself with? Somebody on the Internet may have figured that out, too. But oh. we weren't really sure. That was my thought. But I don't know. The The whole thing. And the minute she becomes a vampire, and I'm going to call this out because I've watched a lot of vampire movies. In most vampire mythology, you have to, the person has to feed from you to become a vampire. But in this movie, if you get bitten by a vampire, you're automatically a vampire. It's like vampire zombieism. Right. And so when she goes to like bite someone... She has to make sure they're dead. And I think she does that with like the first guy. Like he starts to come back and she's like, yes. oh crap. And she goes and like stabs the heck out of him to make sure he doesn't come back. But the problem is like that the, the, there's a bunch of terrorists on this plane. And the best way for her to fight them is to just vamp out. And then the terrorists start to become vampires. It's like, too. it's like what? Don't you want to happen? Oh, we don't want to have a plane full of vampires. And it's like, whoops, plane full of vampires. It gets out of control real quick, real fast. And and it's like there's all these side characters on the plane, too. And you're like, oh, man, which one of these guys are going to make it out a lot? Nope, nope, no, nope. no one <laughs> makes it out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and I no. will I will say uh, there there is some dog deaths in the the film yeah they don't really show it which i was real appreciative of and you did yeah. warn me about that and i fast I know forwarded it was, through it yeah. just because there was a chihuahua involved and it's i very do have fast. a chihuahua i know yeah. i just i mean i get like when they went down into the lower part and i'm thinking oh no and you hear whenever you hear a dog barking in a movie yeah it's like uh-oh so that's when I looked it up. Does the dog die? Um, Best but website ever. They should sponsor us. They should. Hey, guys. Um, but this movie, it just, with the exception of the two dog deaths, every other death is like over the top, extreme violence, like almost, I, I, there's nothing playful about no, murder. No, the whole movie is over the top. And, right. Uh, and I mean, they do some stuff that's obviously very stupid and not realistic. Like, I think it's at one point somebody shoots out a window in the plane and it creates right. this amazing suction problem. But then at a different time, the whole door to the plane goes off and the kid's literally sitting right next to it. And there's no oh, he's fine. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fine. Totally fine. So, I mean, they they break their own rules time and time again. And they they show things that would never ever happen on a plane and they don't really understand physics, but you just got to run with it because it's freaking vampires on a plane. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's if you're, thing, if like, you're like, well, I'm okay with these vampires, but that airplane suction physics is where I'm out. This is not the movie for you. Right. You know? <laughs> and the other thing. Okay. So I actually, I liked the, the vampire makeup for the, for the lady. Yeah. It wasn't pretty, which I could no. really appreciate. It was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like and almost like, like when, Nosferatu. Like yeah. The, when well, she like, showed up and the whole plane panic attacked, I could completely understand mm-hmm. it. And then there's Farid in the corner going, don't worry, she's on our side. It would be like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Nice try, buddy. Nice try. And I mean, 
of course, when you're watching it, one of the terrorists, the over-the-top terrorist, I can't even remember his name, but he's so over-the-top. He kills everyone. He's a loose cannon. He reminds of, me of, like, a diehard character. Yeah. Of course, you know, he wants to be a vampire. Right. So he injects himself. And it's like, what? He injects himself with her blood. And if you thought he was an insane human, wait till he becomes a vampire. Yeah, he's really the linchpin that brings that whole plane down because she she was able to fairly well control herself. And I think it's like a testament to her will that she's been able to control herself for what seems like nine or ten years or more. I I mean, she was turned when that child was an infant. And by the time he shows up in the movie, I mean, what does he look like to you? Like, he's about ten, right? Yeah, I would say he's nine or ten. I think, you know, it's and it's something, like we both said, that he's aware of, and his mother's there, you know, killing people. She's got blood all over himself, and she's like, Mom, calm down. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... I mean, I, I thought this movie was fun. I, I came out of nowhere for me. I liked I liked that it tried to break a lot of rules that seemed to have been set up by other movies. I liked like, I liked I, the flashbacks. I mean, yes. I, I don't know. I liked a lot of it. I mean, I texted you that I thought it was like from dusk till dawn. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Just that's because. Comparison. And I think maybe this is a we'll give Zach. Not Zach. Yeah, Zach. Snyder another shot where it's like okay this is how you do a genre bending movie oh yes not so, with zombie abortions you right. do it in a fun way yeah like make it a heist and then there's zombies or there's zombies around the heist like this was the best way to do it because you're watching a movie about hi- uh, hijackers that suddenly becomes a vampire movie I mean, this could have easily been a zombie movie because the vampirism behaved a lot like zombieism. I think I saw a movie with zombies on a plane, like one of those random sci-fi movies. Oh, yeah. You know, they, yeah. Like Sharpedo kind of thing. Yeah, it was like, you know, one of their sci-fi premieres. Um, But yeah, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous, bloody, fun movie that, like Jamie said, if you don't know anything about it, going in it makes it even that much better and it was a little long it could have taken like 10 or 15 minutes off of it but sure yeah but i thought i i mean i enjoyed it for what it was i think it's probably going to develop like a cult following sort of thing at some point yeah i wouldn't be surprised I, again, this is another movie that I feel like would have been really widely talked about if it had come out at Halloween. Right. And we just said this about the Fear Street series. Like, why isn't this coming out at Halloween? It just, I don't know. I know, like you said, there's a lot of horror out this this summer because we're reviewing stuff that's out mm-hmm. and available. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like, I don't know, maybe that's by design. Like, oh, it could be so much worse. <laughs> like, the world's horrible. But you can have vampires on a plane, so what are you complaining about? <laughs> You want to wear a mask? You want to complain about wearing a mask? Well, there could be a vampire on a plane. So put on it's your mask. It's a very, very low bar, Lynn. Yes, I'm putting <laughs> putting it very, very low. But yeah, I mean, and I think be, maybe the, the pandemic will work in its favor because more people will watch it because it's on Netflix and widely mm. available. And mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked it. I recommended it to people to watch. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs up. 
thumbs up or fangs up. I don't know. Oh, you had to go. I had to do it. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to be split on the next one. Is that how it's going to go? I th- I think it is. Yeah. Um okay, so let's uh let's move on to the Suicide Squad, the which suicide um squad. the <laughs> Suicide Squad, which I will tell you for me I loved. I I absolutely enjoyed every minute of this movie because it was like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 R rating. And there were I think direct crossovers where, you know, in my mind uh, Sebastian the Rat was Rocket and um, King Shark was Groot and um, Harley Quinn was Gamora with a mental illness and you know what I mean like <laughs> like Gamora had issues too but she didn't go around acting like that her father was Thanos get yourself yeah. together Harley Quinn I know right but I I just was like so this is what it would look like if Guardians of the Galaxy had an R rating I love it. I love it. I also loved how he like went out of his way to get the absolute like worst, most downplayed DC heroes that nobody had ever heard of, which is very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like none of us had ever heard of Groot before Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. We were all educated by that movie. And he went out of his way to get like rat catcher and polka dot man. Polka dot man. It looked like bingo chips. It looks like he was shooting (laughs) bingo chips. I love it. Um, and like went out of his way to just get all these weirdies and then just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you love them. I'm going to make you love most of them. And the ones that you don't love, you're not supposed to. And I was all in 100%. It also had, I think, my favorite joke from a movie I've heard in years. Oh, which was, what was it? It was the very beginning when Nathan Fillion's character said that his name was TDK. And then I think it was like Captain Boomerang or somebody was like, your name is Letters. And then somebody else was like, all names are Letters. I did. I the other the other joke that I found funny. I'm not saying I didn't like, you know, there were there were bright spots in it. But when um, Idris Elba's Bloodsport, when they were walking around the prison and she's like, we've selected individuals for particular sets of skills. And then she introduces Bloodsport to Peacemaker, who has the exact same set of skills as Bloodsport yes. has. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Alin. I just thought this movie was so fun. And I am not a DC fan. I've never liked any real DC movie that I've seen. This was the first one. You'd have to go all the way back to like the Nolan Batmans for me to really oh, enjoy wow. it. Yeah, I have not been a fan. I know a lot of people liked the first Wonder Woman, but I thought it was too long. And the ending, I hated the ending. And I know a lot of people liked the second Wonder Woman. And it was ridiculous for me. But I, I want just... more 80s music. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be in 1984, give me some music from the 80s. This movie was just so ridiculous and over the top. And just, I don't know why, I just loved it so much. (laughs) I was very disappointed that they killed off a particular character that uh, uh, you and I both have very strong feelings for. I know Um, what you're talking about, yes. Yes, and we don't have to say it, but um, I was... Yeah, because this movie's just out, so we don't want to give... Yeah, yeah, this one, one, I kind of want to be a little bit careful, but... um, Oh, man... (laughs) 
just love this movie so much. It was just so fun for me. So let me hear why you are not crazy about it. I'm going to try and change your mind. Okay. I mean, I know we talked about that it was obviously a remake of a, not a, it's a reboot, I would say. Is it a reboot or is it a sequel? Do we do we iron this out? I still think there's a question about it because you were supposed to know certain characters come back, um, and there are certain characters that know each other, and the only way they would have I'm known each up. other is if they interacted previously. Right. I think it's a sequel. I think it's like a sequel but rebooted. A rebooted sequel. A rebooted, because like the rules of the game are are the same. Like everyone's got a chip implanted in them. And right. So what's a rebooted sequel? A seaboot? A seaboot. Okay. It, it, it sounds that sounds Canadian. Maybe that will get us into <laughs> to Canada on like a genius visa. We created a new genre. It's called this. According seaboot. to James Gunn himself, the Suicide Squad is neither a sequel nor a reboot entirely. Oh. So I think he would go with C-boot. A C-boot. Uh, so, or do you like requel? I kind of like C-boot. Okay, let's go with C-boot. C-boot. Um, the bar was so low. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. So, so low that anything that James Gunn made was going to look great in comparison. I mean, he vaulted over that bar. Right. <laughs> he really did. And Does it have some flaws? For sure, but the he really he made something very decent. And I think for me, not knowing a lot about you know DC besides watching you know the movies, I think I've seen all the DC movies with the exception of that the redone Justice League that came out. Recently. Oh, that was like eight hours long. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not watching that. But I did recently watch like Birds of Prey, so I've got like the main the the main films to work off of, and I feel like. With Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey was a better movie than, way better than Suicide Squad. I feel like with each DC movie, it gets incrementally better. So I think with Birds of Prey, James Gunn probably looked at that and said, oh, if we make it, if we make it brighter and we add some cool music and I add my own spin on it and kind of put them together as a bunch of anti-heroes, it will be a better movie. Mm-hmm. And for me, the best anti-hero movie of all time is, is Deadpool. And okay. I liked Deadpool. I liked the character. I only liked, it's sad when I liked Ratcatcher, Sebastian, and the King Shark. Oh man, I love King Shark. So that was it. Like I didn't like Idris Elba as blood sport uh, was it because he was too sort of like um maybe down depressy kind of yeah it's like the whole world is is on his shoulders and the whole interaction with his daughter at the beginning of the movie it it, it added nothing except you know for a, a deeper appreciation i guess of her father later on mm-hmm. but it's like they're they're two immature people just yelling at each other right like we know these people are bad they're in sure you know um i'm not convinced that ratcatcher 2 did anything wrong though i kind of feel like she was falsely imprisoned because she brought her tech into the country like i think she is the illegal immigrant metaphor 
Do you know what I mean? Like I she didn't see that. I don't think she actually committed a crime in the in the mythos of the movie. Maybe she did. I mean, she well, the other thing to consider is she's not actually a comic book character. They made her up. Right. Because I know that her father was I did. Right. Read that he was a comic book character. That was Taika Waititi, by the way. Which is so random. And I, I have some I have some real issues with Taika Waititi only because he's like out and about with all of these different women. Oh, I know. I don't that, like it. Yeah, no, yeah. He needs to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, it's like, we get it. You're, you know, I've always thought he was very handsome. There's something about him. I don't know what it is. In an like, Einstein sort of way. Yeah, there's something about him. And now it's like, I kind of like that he was, you know, married and down to earth. And now it's like, oh, who's he dating? Tessa Thompson? Rita Ora? We don't know. He was making out with both of them. Like, yeah. but. Don't let that ruin the movie for you. I know, but I he just. He had heard, probably the best line in the movie. He that was a that was a great part. I, I really movie. enjoyed that part. Like, I, I want to say what it is because it's actually really it's really lovely. And the soundtrack that plays over that whole scene is actually really cool and nice. And the whole thing was just I mean, it really made you root for, in my mind, Ratcatcher more than any other person. You know, that's what just, I'm thinking. See, and I would have thought like Ratcatcher Zamora is Ratcatcher. Yeah. Be just yeah. because I mean I really liked her. I don't know her name. I've never seen her in anything else. I think this was her first English language movie. Okay. Because I want to say she's not originally from the United States. I can see. I mean, there is like there is a diverse cast. Like they they there are a lot of different people who you maybe have seen as like a second or a third you know character. Like I knew mm-hmm. um, the guy who played Polka Dot Man was in Ant-Man as one of the guys who worked at the security company. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was the one who told the story of the Babadook. Oh, gotcha. So, I mean, it's like you've seen a lot of these people before, but they're yeah. putting them into, um, you know, to bigger roles. So I, I like that. The the whole thing with the Polka Dot mom, his mom, that got it was funny at first, but then it just kept getting like, okay, we get it. He sees his They mom. They used it for a payoff at the end, so I was okay with it, but I understand your complaint there. You know what I mean? Like, they they used it at the very end there, but... You're right. But, but yeah, I, I completely understand that. I also thought it was hilarious that, like, a lot of the big cameos that he had, he, like, super-duper downplayed them. So, like, King Shark was Sylvester Stallone, but you would never know that. So, so random. So random. And I actually did read that, like, he called, James Gunn called Sylvester Stallone and said, I've got a part for you. And Sylvester Stallone accepted it, like, okay, whatever you want me to do, man. Like, I trust you. And then he's like, all right, you're going to play a shark. And he's like, okay. Best character. I love that shark so much. That shark was and awesome. his fashionable board shorts. So, <laughs> so fashionable. I liked how he pretended to have a mustache. And he's like, no. They're like, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, so, like, there were some funny, like, moments overall. But, like, I like you said, for me, like, I remember seeing James Gunn when he was doing, like, Slither and movies mm-hmm. like that. And ever since he's launched into this sphere where he's, you know, is he with Marvel? Is he with DC? Also, is he the only director to go between the, yeah. the two? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. If, Did they hire him back yet at Marvel? I don't think. 
I think they did for the for the next Guardians. Right, because isn't he doing the Guardians Christmas special that we're gonna get? He this is week? like he he's been forgiven. Um, well, I mean, rightfully so. Honestly, I think Disney made a huge mistake letting him go in the first place. And I mean, look at this movie. I it's so fun and 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 it never would have gotten made if they hadn't have let him go. But it was a big mistake on their part for and something I think silly. Like, well, and I think like you know. There's been a lot coming out over the past couple of years and on this spectrum of things that people said or people did. I mean, he's on the lower, very yeah. lower end of. And even Disney has put up with a lot more than that. Oh, recently. absolutely. You know. So, I mean, I just want to see James Gunn do something different. Like, I know part of this part of the issue with the David Ayer uh, Suicide Squad was that Warner Brother kept giving him notes and the movie was cut up into something that he didn't recognize and he's basically disowned and with James Gunn Warner Brothers was like do whatever you want and he's like okay I'm gonna do like you said an F for uh, uh, you know an R rated a hard R rated mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and I just want to see him do something different Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's all. I just know he's got a lot. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it was okay. It wasn't as good yeah. as the first, but... No, you know, it wasn't. With the exception, I did enjoy the opening a lot. Oh, the <laughs> opening was the best. Oh, so good. It was so... Um, and the soundtrack yeah. for mm-hmm. the first Guardians, amazing. Amazing soundtrack. soundtrack. for Suicide Squad was great. I had no I, issues I, with that. It was... I wanted it to be more like, I guess... When I'm saying like don't be like Guardians, but I'm like do be like Guardians and the Uh-oh, music aspect. Okay. I know I Uh-oh. that that it, because that soundtrack was just so good. I mean every time I hear uh, Red Bones come and get your love, I picture Chris Pratt like dancing around, kicking frogs or whatever those little creatures were. As a side um, note, since you brought him up, the stand-in rat that the movie used to CG Sebastian. They brought a real rat in to help them, you know, get those down. So the the name of the rat that they brought in, his name was Crisp Rat, C-R-I-S-P-R-A-T. I love that. I love that. Isn't that great? That's awesome. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that was, like I said this to, you know, my brother-in-law, Chris. We would have seen this in the theaters. So I wish not, I had seen this in the theater. I'm not going to lie. I, I would have loved to have seen this in the theater. I would have stressed the whole time, but it would have been great. I mean, I it, in like I said, in an alternate universe, I probably would have seen it. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm like, oh, I watched that. It's like, no, I watched it. It was it was good. It was a, you know, it was an OK movie. I don't think it really added anything to it. Um, You know, there are there are some post credit scenes that set up additional things. I'm not going to talk about them. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I ended up liking characters who were maybe, like, third-tier characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I didn't love John Cena. You're not supposed to. I know. Yeah. I guess I just don't like him as an actor, because everything else I've seen him in, I'm just kind of like, mm. So, for me, I, I really, like I said to you, I really enjoyed this. I loved that there was a cast of a million people in it. And vast majority of them all got killed in horrible ways and everybody seemed okay with it, which I think is just amazing that they just let him get away with everything they let him get away with. I think you were supposed to love Ratcatcher in the end. And I think I did. And I loved the relationship between her and um, Bloodsport. 
Yeah, because I just I think he did mature a little bit by the end. You know, um, was it enough for you? Maybe not. But I, I, I thought he did mature by the end a little bit. Oh. And then the the other thing that I really liked was I liked how he kind of set up this big villain that kind of appears at the end. And it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved every second of it. Uh, and the freaking javelin. I thought that was fantastic. I she carried that thing through the whole movie. And I, I, and I here's loved the thing. that. I just realized we didn't talk about Harley Quinn really at all. And it's she's, not really her movie. You know, yeah, she's got like yeah. a side plot. She's got the javelin thing, which I thought had a very fun payoff at the end. Um, but for me, the other thing that it reminded me of was, you know, with, I don't want, I don't know how to like say this without really giving it away, but the, the big villain at the end, you get this bit of information that if we had just left it alone, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. It didn't want to hurt anyone. It had been misused, abused, if you will. You know, and then thus it became a whole thing that had to be fought and and killed. And it reminded me a lot of like Hellboy, Hellboy 2 especially. Oh, okay. I can see um, that. Where there was, I want to say it was like a big tree or something that had to be killed. And it was sad because it, it was one of those things where it really wasn't evil. It just was. And we messed with it. And now it has to die. And that's kind of sad. And so like, I think the ultimate... I think that James Gunn is very good about getting you to feel weird feels in his movies in ways that you don't expect. Like you feel bad for the girl with all the rats. You love the rat. Mm-hmm. You you love the rat. You know, you, I did. Which is, you know, something that you wouldn't expect. And then at the end, you feel sad that the thing that died died because if we as a race had just left it alone, none of this would have happened, you know? So there's this, interesting sort of emotional thing that I think James Gunn is able to do in a very James Gunn kind of way that I just love. It's not for everyone, but I love it. And uh, so I was, I was all in on this enthusiastic thumb up. I mean, I'm not going to give it a thumbs down because I didn't like hate it. I watched it. It was, it was all right, but I, I, you know, I, I, is it, it, and like I said, it's the best DC movie but is that really saying a lot? Yeah, I'm going to blow your mind here, but I liked it more than Black Widow. <gasps> wow. Gauntlet has been thrown. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, shall we wrap it up? I know it. Let's do it. It's going to be kind of a long wrap up. I think we have a fair number of complaints here. <laughs> um <laughs> And so, I've got some complaints for you. Yeah, we've got some things. So normally we are going to, as per our new system, the three things that stood out to us, and they could be anything entertainment related, as long as it stood out, positive or negative. Let's start with Paramount+. Plus. Um, this stood out to us because, first of all, in my mind, Paramount+, Plus kind of swindled you. Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain? All right. So... Gone are the days where you would get something free for a month. Remember those days with streaming services? I do. Now it's seven days. So my whole plan, because it, it, it's just so funny because my sister says to me, like, you can afford to pay for the streaming service. That's not the point. No, it's not. I was going to watch A, a Quiet Place 2 and 
anything else that I wanted to watch, which included uh, Real World Homecoming, the very first Real World. They got them all back together, which I found interesting. But, it, you know, so I watched that. I watched Quiet Place 2. And I gave out the login to to you. I gave out the login to my sister and brother-in-law. Said, go nuts. I'm canceling it on Sunday. So I go in Saturday to, you know, get ready to cancel it. And it said that I can't cancel it because I need to do it 24 hours in advance. Yeah, this is awful. It's like they can't count to seven. Right. I would. I This was like Saturday morning. I was like, I'm going to cancel it because I had checked with you. You had watched it. Uh, Chris and Al had watched it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cancel it now while I remember. So I didn't cancel it because I couldn't. And now I have it till till mid-August. So I'm telling everyone once again to watch whatever they want. And uh, Jamie, what happened when you went to go watch something now that you had some extra time to watch it? So after Paramount Plus bilked Alin out of a month of streaming, I said, okay, well, the one things that I, I really would like to see that I haven't been able to see in a long time is some Star Trek. And there's a fair amount of new Star Trek on Paramount Plus, including this show called Picard, which seems to have a fair following and is very highly rated. So I started to watch Picard and I would say about six to eight minutes before the end of the first episode. So we've got about six to eight minutes left in episode one. This screen pops up that says, do you want to go directly to the next episode or watch the credits? And I'm like, no, I'd actually like to watch the end of this episode. Right. What are you doing? It turns out that there is no way to watch the end of these episodes. It cuts every single episode off six to eight minutes early and either boots you to the next episode or boots you to the credits. And if you turn off autoplay, it just ends the episode six to eight minutes early. There is no way to watch the whole episode. And it's cutting off enough that I I actually had to go online and like read episode synopsises, synopses in order to figure out what I had missed. Because it was like a solid eight minutes that it was cutting it off. And when I looked this up, I could find a few other people on Reddit who seemed to have the same issue that I did. But one thing that I had said to you was, nobody's really screaming and crying about this. And your response to me was, that's because nobody's paying for it. I mean, honestly, if I had lived, you know, the beginning of 2020. Yeah, yeah, twenty. It came out in twenty twenty one because I remember during the Super Bowl, that's all the ads were for was for Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely nothing on Paramount Plus that I want to watch, with the exception I didn't realize that it was still on The Good Fight, which is a spinoff of The Good Wife. Oh, um, really great show. So I was able to to binge a lot of the episodes because there's only like ten per season, and there's only four seasons, and I'd already seen two of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't have the episode the the episode issue that I had with the no cutoff. no. But then again, so is it a Roku thing? Like, what is the deal? You know, I have so I have the Fire Stick, and I also mm. have it on um my phone, but I didn't have problems with it, but my brother-in-law had problems with the Samsung and the TV. Using, yeah. And using the app and he had to keep deleting it. Like he, he spent like a good like hour 
deleting it and putting it back. And then one day it just worked. Yeah, I was using the app as well through Roku. And the other people that I found online who were complaining about the same issue that I had were also complaining about trying to use it through Roku. So maybe it's a Roku thing, but still there are millions of people with Roku's. You'd think that they would want to resolve this issue because to me, it turned me right, right off. I'm like, you know what? There's no point in trying to watch this show, which seems like a really good show. If I can only watch 90% of each episode and then I have to go on my own time, read about what happened, not see it and then try to catch up. It was just silly. I just, there's just for me, uh, there's not enough content right on it, and I know that it's it's four ninety nine a month. I think there's a seven ninety nine option if you don't want commercials. But oh, that was the other issue. We had crazy issues with oh. the commercials. Oh, what happened? Where they I would just had like, a lot of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of them. But what ours would do is they would start the commercial, and then it would go into a load screen. And then you'd get 10 more seconds of commercial and then a load screen and then the commercial would finish and then a load screen and then the next commercial would start. So your normal like two minute commercial break or whatever turned into six minutes because it was load screen, load screen, load screen every 10 seconds. It was insane. Yeah, it's just the, the technical issues plus the content. I mean, I even looked to see if there were any other movies that yeah not really no i mean you could find every other movie on there on a different streaming service and it's those movies have been on the streaming service for years so i think ultimately we're going to tell everyone out there just maybe not with the paramount plus right now and if you really want to see a quiet place too i think it's coming to redbox very soon yeah, it's just, not already there just do the redbox yeah and then when you do the redbox wait for them to give you that dollar 25 off coupon because really oh, yeah. this is a 57 cent movie you know mm-hmm. like just just go with it that way yeah and then like don't rent from redbox for a while and they'll give you like an even better coupon to get you That's to come right. back ethical life pro tips Mm-hmm. there you go that's from us All right. Number two, three things that stood out. I absolutely destroyed season four of Winona Earp as as I was wont to do. In a a good way, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through it real fast because, you know, glorious trash, as we said, Mm -hmm. or fabulous garbage, whatever. Pick your... Pick your, your, oh, your theme. Also, my, my friend Sharon, she saw the, the title of it and she thought we were finally going to talk reality television shows. I'm like, no, <laughs> we don't watch those. <laughs> I'm like, we have different defini- definitions of what is fabulous garbage. Yes. So. Yeah. For me, Winona Earp is fabulous garbage. <laughs> um, But I will say as a quick wrap up for anybody out there who is a fan of Winona and was waiting for it to drop on Netflix. This is the last season. And I will say two things very quickly. One, this was definitely the worst season out of all of them. Oh, oh, oh. like quite easily the worst season. Um, but still fine. Still had some good jokes. Still worth maybe watching. If you really don't have the time, I will say that you could jump to the very last episode, episode 12. Watch that by itself. And be totally caught up and not miss anything and get to see the resolution. And the resolution is actually quite good. Hmm. So for those of you who like just glorious trash, 
go and watch it because it is trash and it's fun and it's fine. It's definitely the worst of their seasons. You can tell that they kind of had no idea what they were doing and was like, I don't know, fog. Like, it's <laughs> kind of just pulling random stuff out of a hat. But that last episode is definitely worth watching if you are a fan. So that's my my wrap up of Winona. All right. And last but not least, we have a couple of announcements. One, weirdly, I know, right? They are making a sequel to Gunpowder Milkshake, and it is already in production. I thought we were going to talk about the other thing, but okay, I'll I'll do my one for last. Okay, yeah, I was like, I was going to do the for that, but yeah, Gunpowder Milkshake uh, too. Um, Yeah. Here's the weird thing: nobody on the internet can tell us what's it about. No, no one. Lynn was like, is it about the little girl? Is she grown up and now she's an assassin? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Or is it like, could it be a prequel? Um, Oh, about the librarians? Yeah, and how they got to, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would actually be more down for that. I like that idea. And because we just can't do like two things, I mean, there's probably going to be a third greenlit because we love packages of three. If the quietest place is any indication. Yes. So I'm thinking, I mean, like I said, even looking at it now, I have no idea. No one's talking about it. They just said there's going to be a sequel. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, yeah. And it's already in development. That's the weird thing. It's like already in development. They're like, you know what? We're not letting another pandemic get in the way of us getting this out. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, now do your thing. Because you're right. This is the big one. Okay, ready? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Sweet Tooth got renewed. Woo, woo. <laughs> so Man, it took a while. It's because we were on, of us. I, because I'm, of I'm us. convinced. Yes, I'm convinced. We were on needles and pins for that one. Um, and but we weren't. We didn't even like it that much, you know. Yeah, we did. We liked it a lot, but we didn't want to let them know. We were playing really hard to get. <laughs> Don't show your fear. Because, you know, we didn't have a, a good track record. Um, no, we did. Cough, Jupiter's Legacy. Cough, 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 cough. And Lovecraft Country. <laughs> cough, cough, cough. Yeah. So it's like we didn't want to curse it. Um, but yeah. And from what I read, they Netflix actually sent it out in candy bars. To oh, announce the renewal. Yeah. 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 So, so we actually knows, got one, people. We got one. Who knows when it's going to come back? Like, mm-hmm. um. I know we didn't talk about it because I didn't watch the trailer, but uh, like Stranger Things fourth fourth season's coming out, but it was like 2022, and I was like, yeah, tell me when it's 2022. I don't care. That's six months from now. The world could explode. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't see that far ahead anymore. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, okay. But we do have kids in this too. So if you wait too long, they're gonna all like be of drinking age. So oh you know, yeah, and you know, let's let's little... hop to it there, people. That little Christian kid, his voice is going to start to crack. You know, it's not going to be good. So just not going to be quite so cute anymore. (laughs) No. Um, But yeah, that's great news. I'm hoping that because their show is basically about, you know, a global pandemic, they've got all the equipment to be filming during one. Oh, man, that's just sad. (laughs) But yeah. But anyway, I think that will about do it for us. 
Um, but we are super excited that we do get a second season of Sweet Tooth. So if you haven't seen the first one, definitely go see it. And while you're at it, please like, follow, and subscribe. I need some more subscribers and followers because we keep track of these numbers. And I love when they go up. It's yes. just so personally satisfying. So please, please follow and subscribe so that I can see the numbers climb because it just it's, makes me happy. I know. It's like we don't have much. So can you just we like this so yeah. to make us, make us happy? You know, we I feel know. like we're doing something and accomplishing oh. something. I start teaching again this week, so just do this for me. And also, please find us on social media. We are on the Twitters, the Facebooks, and the Instagram crackers, and search for Three Speech and look for the bears. And that blue marker is almost dead, so the bears (gasps) are going to be a different color soon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But there will still be bears. There will be bears. Yes. And on that happy note, any final thoughts? No, just thanks everyone. This was a this was a good one to uh, to talk about all the movies. And if you have yeah. any TV shows that or movies you think we should be watching or you'd like us to review, let us know. We've yeah. got yeah, we've got a pretty open uh, schedule for the next couple shows, so we'll yeah, should work another game in. I'm thinking of doing the ascent, so to be okay. Concerned. Yeah, TBD. Yeah. All right, thank you everyone, and we will see you again soon. Um, As always, thank you for listening and take care.